Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Hello, this Lost is Michael. Radio. I missed the roll. Okay. Anyway, so we have some promo music to open the show, and as Robin Schooling and I continue to try to <laughs> figure out how to how to format <laughs> Blog Talk Radio with Tri-Three Stars. So good good afternoon. This is Mike. It's Tuesday, uh, January fifteenth of two thousand nineteen, and our second show of the year. Robin, welcome back for another week of of drive through. How are you this week? I am good. I I, I love coming back every week because it helps us kind of center ourselves. I think for the remainder of the week, um, I kind of like I kind of like the Tuesdays. I, I got yeah, it. Not Monday, <laughs> but it's early enough in the week to to get so things rolling. Uh, Still be fresh. So our our topic for for this week, I think, is hot topics, and and we and we have a uh, a person who has a lot of uh, ideas to share around gender diversity in the C suite, role of women in the workplace. Margaret Spence, welcome to Drive Through. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you Happy very much. New Year. Happy New Year back. Uh, is there an official rule of when you stop saying Happy New Year? Like. Mine is you like know. today, probably, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Margaret, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to listeners and tell them uh, kind of who you are, what you do, and how you got there to begin with? Yeah, sure, sure. So for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Margaret Spence, and I am the CEO of C. Douglas & Associates. And I've been an HR, risk management, workers' comp consultant for um, a little bit over 29 years thereabouts. And about five years ago, I decided to launch the Employee to CEO Project. So um, I was flying back on one of my many trips, and I was flying back from um, St. Paul, Minnesota, And I had a discussion with a a lady at the conference I was speaking at about her career and about the challenges she was having around her career. And I thought, you know what, how do we help women find a safe space as they're navigating through their career? So that was the initial idea. And then I started focusing a little bit more on what it takes to help women climb the broken ladder within their organization we all know that there's a ladder to leadership and everybody gets on it and you keep climbing this ladder to leadership, but somewhere along the ladder, it either breaks or takes an off ramp for women. So I wanted to create a safe space so that women could express themselves and express their career frustrations and really um, feel that they could do more than just be alone in the career journey. Out of that came the 10X Leadership Academy, which we launched or, um officially in January, January 1, so it's still a new year, and um, I am offering mentorship circles, mastermind, and career navigation tools to high-potential women 
who just want to have um, some additional resources that may not be offered by their organization. So that's it. And beyond that, um, I speak on the SHRM circuit. Um, I've spoken at uh, SHRM National uh, last year. I've spoken to Talent um, Management and HR Florida and a bunch of other conferences. So that's about me. Yeah, see, and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how all of us uh, HR folks, you know, and it is an HR radio show, so it makes sense, but we all tend to to, – to stay uh to stay connected with each other and uh, between all three of us we've we've all had various assorted roles with Sherm over the years. I know you were on an expertise panel. I know Mike served on an expertise panel for a long time. Um so it you know, it certainly widens our widens our uh our networks a bit when we kind of go that route. Yeah. What yeah. um you know, one of the things that I um that I found, you know, have found interesting as I've been exploring, um, you know, some of the things that you're doing with um, with the academy and and with the mentorship circles and all of that sort of thing, is it's um, there are offerings there that, um, you know, as you mentioned, many women um, are not able to access these sorts of resources at their organizations. Um, what have you found, you know, as you've been kind of working on on developing this, what have you found that companies are doing or aren't doing um, to to offer these sort of leadership development um, resources, you know, affinity groups, whatever, whatever it may be for high potential women in particular? What, what yeah. Where's the disconnect? So there's two disconnects. The first disconnect is we either focus on advancing women as a solo process, and we check that box, but Mm -hmm. HR doesn't necessarily look below the the layers to see who are we including and who are we excluding. The second half of it is organizations don't necessarily give women a map to where they could go. And what every study has found is that women get into the workforce, they put their head down, they try to become as good technically as they can, and that means that you don't really look towards advancement. For 15 years doing that process, a man will come in, and there's lots of studies around this, a man will come in and in six years he's now a regional director and a woman is left behind. Part of what organizations don't want to deal with is the inner insecurities that every woman has. There's a, um, a, a disconnect, I think is the best way to put it, between the woman you hire and the woman you empower, okay? Mm-hmm. So the woman you hire is technical. The woman you hire has got all the boxes checked. She's educated. She's got the technical skills. She's able to learn. You see her potential and so on and so forth. But the woman you advance is the one who is showing you all the other skills that compares with her male counterpart. So what do you do with the women who aren't showing you those skills, but in the back of your mind you think, you know, this woman has great potential? What I find with ERGs, which is the employee resource groups that are focused around women, they often focus on soft skills or Hmm. they focus on technical skills but they don't focus on empowerment skills. How do you help a woman get out of her own way 
and raise her hand for leadership, give her the support, and then empower her to step into leadership. That is missing from the process. It's the investment in the person versus the investment in the process. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a, a, a statistic that I've read and or heard from multiple sources. I couldn't tell you where it originates originally. Um uh, and and quite often we'll hear this when we're at you know conferences and whatnot that women if there's and, and again this is kind of speaking applicants but I see certainly can see this internally as well that men have a tendency if there's a job posting and they only meet I forget the you know the percentage seventy percent right. of the of the job requirements they're going to apply anyway. Whereas women have a tendency, if they don't meet 100% of the job requirements, they're not even going to throw their hat in the ring. So I would think that's part of that empowerment mindset to to help women switch. Yes, it is. And and I'll tell you the two reports in case anyone wants to go look them up because I, I sort of live and breathe these reports. Um, the um, Corn Ferry Institute put out a report called Women CEOs Speak. And in that report, they went ahead and they interviewed um, the 68 women who had become a CEO. So imagine this. Prior to this year, prior to 2018, I think there were 33 women in, um, in the C-suite level in the Fortune 500. I think the number is at 23 or 24 now. So we're not making progress. We're going backwards. What I have found is every time a woman exits the C-suite, she's replaced by a man or two, okay? Mm-hmm. Example being Endura Noy at PepsiCo. She retired in October. Um, yeah. She'd been at the helm, I think, 16 or 17 years. She's been replaced by a man, okay? So if we make the advancement into the room, we don't always stay in the room. That's number one. But the study found that women do not – attempt to apply for a job until someone tells them that they meet all the qualifications. And Mm -hmm. in the report that Corn Ferry did, it said that a a man will come into the job and within seven years he will attempt to advance. A woman Mm -hmm. will continue to try to get technically strong. Mm -hmm. And he's already advancing two or three years And that is where I think from an HR perspective that HR hasn't really quantified that for the executive leadership. Executive leadership and the mission statement may be we want more women in leadership. Great. HR says we got a lot of women. The problem, women aren't positioned to be leaders. You can't pull a woman out of the supervisor desk and make her a director when she hasn't been an executive or she hasn't been a um, managing director, or she hasn't had all the three levels before. Right. Her male counterpart has all that qualification, so immediately he's ready to go. <clears throat> so that's the disconnect for HR. We, we, yeah. tend to, we tend to connect the steps, but we don't really look underneath to see what's going on underneath. And then it's even more stark when you're talking about diversity. Because as black women, we hold the most college degrees than any other subset in the United States. 
mm. by 350%. Okay? Mm. Black women are more educated than every other woman, yet we occupy 1% of the leadership wow. in every organization. How do you account for that, Margaret? I don't. I mean, that's probably a really loaded question, but I heard you quote that statistic when when we were at, at HR Florida, and and it it it, I, it struck me then. It, but like, how? Why is that? Is it the it, the institution, or is it something else? Um, it's a combination of institution, and it's a combination of. I've tried so many times to get the job, and I didn't get it, and I'm done. I'm just going to sit here and do my time. Hmm. I, I can tell you from, from me, one of the reasons why I exited corporate America and started my company is because I couldn't break through that barrier. Damn. And I decided 21 years ago that I would rather fight that battle on my own rather than fight that battle within a company. But that option is not available to everyone. And so the foundation of the Employee to CEO project is to say, how do you take the skills you have? How do you figure out what the ladder is? And then how do you execute your vision within that ladder? And if this ladder is not willing to promote you, how do you find another ladder to climb? Mm-hmm. Um. The, the, other, the other question that I had, I guess, which is kind of you mentioned the project, and looking at your website, you have a, a, a great array of, of uh, information, blogs, uh, online courses. Um, do you? I guess what I, I guess what I'm curious about is like, are, do you work with individuals primarily? In other words, do people come to you and say, "I need help with my career," or do you offer this program to corporate clients as well, or is it both? It's a combination of both, but I'll give you an interesting um, an interesting example. I spoke at the diversity conference in 2017, and I did a program called Dismantling the Silos, um, Empowering Leadership. And there was a, a director of diversity in the audience, and she said to me, I want to hire you to come in and help us. The, the, the background with this organization is they had 3,500 employees. They had hired 400 people over the, in the 12 months prior to their phone call to me, and not one of the 300 people that they hired was a minority. And not one of the 300 people they hired was a woman. Okay? Wow. And they're in a major metropolitan city that is one of the most diverse cities in the country. So the conversation for me is more of a corporate conversation versus it being a conversation one-on-one. Because for me, we cannot make inroads if we can't get corporations and organizations to identify where they have issues. I mean, one of the first things that I asked her to do was to give me their demographic of leadership. Tell me where people are located in your organization. And what I found immediately is every woman was in a supervisory role. Okay. Um, they had ascended, but that was it. All the men were in directors and regional positions in terms of their pipeline. 
they had one woman on their executive team, and when she retired, she recommended a male counterpart just below her to succeed her. That is the organizational issue. For me, it's so much more than an individual because I think if I focus my time on individuals, I miss an opportunity to make a huge impact within the corporate structure. And the only way to shine a light on that is not necessarily to call it out, but to help people see using their own data that they have a problem. Now, if within that structure they say, you know, here are five women that we've identified that we want you to work with, perfect, and that's the ideal scenario. Hmm. But in between, one of the reasons why I created the 10X Leadership Academy is to be self-serving. It's for women to identify for themselves. And part of the reason why I've made the pricing lower is for women to, to identify for themselves that they need some help. And I'm going to invest in myself because there's always a, a, a vision that I'm waiting for my company to invest in me. Sometimes uh-huh. you need to invest in yourself. Uh-huh. And that's why yeah. I did the Leadership Academy to create this fluid ability for people to join the academy, take courses, experience what I'm wanting them to experience, which is you can do more with your career than you're doing right now, and the broken ladder is not a part of who you are. That's the circumstances. <laughs> who you yes. are is dynamic and powerful and ready and, okay, so your organization can't see it. Let's figure out how we can make that shift. Well, and I think it becomes such a personal, um, you know, people have to get to be at that point personally. You know, it's the self-reflection. It's the introspection. It's the... Um, you know, damn it, I'm good enough and I'm going to do this for me and I'm going to take charge. And it's getting exactly. them to that point um, of realization sometimes that, that that's probably the hardest. Right. You know, which is, which is the hardest. Yeah. I'm sorry, Margaret. Um, go ahead. No, no. And, and I, I was saying that's the reason why um, two years ago I wrote the Leadership Self-Transformation book mm-hmm. because there are, there are probably hundreds and thousands of questions, but there are 52 really powerful questions that every woman should ask themselves about their career. And it starts off by asking, what do you want and why don't you have it now? Because mm-hmm. that shines a light not on the company, because it's oftentimes you'll have a conversation with somebody and they'll say, you know, the company I work for, my manager doesn't like me, and I don't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, you're looking in the wrong mirror. Gonna, Look in your what mirror. I gonna, <laughs> what I was going to ask is, um, it, and it's it's kind of one of those age-old age old HR questions. So, like, your story and, and then what the work you're trying to do, you were responsible to for yourself 21 years ago when you chose to, to become an, a consultant, um, but you're pro- trying to provide solutions that help people move up within the corporate structure. So the question, I guess, and I, find, I found that, that split in your personal story interesting is who's responsible for their, the career of employees? Is it the employer or the employee? Primarily, I guess. Who, who owns that? It, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's the employee. You own your career. You own your career vision. Um, you paint a vision for where you want to go, and that's part of what um, 
the, the, the course that I just released, which a lot of people set goals and they don't have a vision. Um, if you don't have a vision, how do you articulate your goals? If you work for a company, and, and here's just an example of the disconnect with HR, we say, well, the person wants to advance. Okay, but what is their vision within our company? Where do you see yourself? Nobody asked that question ever. Yeah. Because if I have a vision for myself, then I'm now a part of the organization. I'm engaged in not only connecting my vision to the company, but I'm engaged in connecting where I want to go to the betterment of the organization. So if we're not asking people, where do you see yourself in the company, we miss an opportunity to figure out whether this person's connected or disconnected. You know, we spend thousands of dollars as HR professionals around engagement, and um, we don't ask the one simple question, what's your vision? Mm-hmm. Because if the employee tells you their vision, you sort of know if they're engaged or not, right? And, and that's like the most fundamental question ever. And for personally, for your own career, is what is your vision? What happens most of the time, Mike, is that women and men will join an organization and you have this lofty, brand-new employee feeling. Oh, my God, I really want to be here. This is the company of my dreams. Then you get in, the politics hits you, the stuff hits you. Yeah. You really forget why you're there. And now you're just another employee on the cog. You're on the wheel. The wheel is rolling over, and you're on that wheel rolling over with it. And at some point, frustration hits, and you phone up your resume, call a recruiter, and you look for a new job. That's the cycle. Okay. Yep. Man, or, I've, I've worked at that company. I've been in that cycle. <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, and then you say, I hated them, and they didn't offer me this. But at no point did anybody ask you about your vision, and at no point did you identify your vision, and no point did you tell your vision to anybody else. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna so, uh, let me do a quick reset here. We're um yeah. we're about three quarters of the way through the show. We've got just under ten minutes left. Um you're listening to Drive Through HR with our guest Margaret Spence, uh sponsored by Q, so thank you to our sponsor Q. And um we're talking about um leadership and career development and all sorts of things related to um uh, you know, I view it as kind of personal self-empowerment to kind of get people there to to take charge of of their their own careers. Um, you know, one of the things, um, Margaret, that I know you you ask folks when you're talking to them is um, what's what's their fear or what's keeping them back. What what are some you know, I guess um, consistent themes that you see around that. What are what are women in particular afraid of? What's what's holding them back it's, from? It's it's two things. I'm not good enough, and I haven't earned the right to be here. Hmm. Earned the and right to be even are... in the position that they're in at the time. Right. I haven't earned hmm. the right to be here. I haven't earned the right to ask for what I want. I haven't been here long enough. And that question just rolls right into I'm not enough. And that's something that the organization can't tackle. That's personal. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much leadership development training you give the person, 
if they don't think that they're worthy of a promotion, you can train them to death. They're not going to yeah. ask for that promotion because they don't think they're worthy of it. And that is, for me, the key takeaway. Um, as women, we have to feel that we're worthy of having a wonderful career. And we've worked hard enough and we've earned it. And it's ours. And so it doesn't matter where I work. We're not connected to the where I work. We're connected to the fact that I have earned the right to stand in this room. Hmm. And hmm. if we don't address that, um, no amount of executive presence and emotional intelligence and engagement is going to help or even um, EQ is not going to help because your resource group can't fix that I'm not enough. Hmm. Margaret, you, you have a, a number of programs, as I mentioned, and Robin called out two of them earlier. One is a mentorship program, and the other one is a mastermind group. Can you talk about those yes. briefly and explain the difference? Sure. Yeah, so the mentorship circle is really where women come in and they are mentored. I'll give you an example. When I spoke at HR Florida, I left there with probably 30 cards. I had about 20 women that I worked with for free, actually, just to get a sense of who they were, what they needed. And what I found was people just want a space to express where they are and feel that they're supported. Um, And the mastermind group is much more high level. It's for a woman who's already climbing the ladder, who wants to be with a group of other women who are climbing the ladder, so there's Mm. not this loneliness factor. Because there is an intense amount of loneliness when you are the only woman within your organization or you are Mm. the only woman climbing the ladder or you're the only woman in the executive suite. And I find that this happens a lot for HR because HR ends up a lot of times being the only woman in the room. Because the VP of HR is a woman and the other five executives are men. And so how do you support that HR woman so that she is empowered now to empower the women below her? And I noticed on the website you said, I'm sorry, you work with men too. Have you actually had a man participate Mm -hmm. in your, your program so far? Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few men call and say, let me tell you what's going on with me. I actually had a very high-level man. I posted some things a couple weeks ago. A very high-level senior executive called me and said, I just want somebody to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what's going on with this. And I was amazed that he was having the same issues that the women that I've spoken to were having. But he was a black male. And he was having the same issues as what my fellow black women have. Um, And he was a high-level executive. So I think the need is there. There's not enough um, of us out there doing this work. And for me, this is a shift in my own personal career. I still have my consulting practice, but this is my passion. This is my philanthropy. This is my 30-odd years of stuff giving back. And this is also my moment when I don't care how my message is with these. I just want to give them a yeah. You get to that point in life where you go, eh, you know, I'm old enough to not care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to do this. This is my focus. This is what I want to do. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're um, down to the last three minutes. Believe yes, it or not. we are. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. uh, Margaret, why don't you um, – 
give us a, a give our audience um, a little information about where they can find you online, yeah. your website, uh, Twitter, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Sure, absolutely. So my main website is employee2ceoproject.com, and the academy is at 10xleadershipacademy.com. And um, the reason why it's 10x, I'll tell you this in two seconds, it's 10x because of tech startups. Tech startups 10x their business and my younger son is running a startup, and um, he keeps coming to me, you know, Mom, I've got a 10X this, I've got a 10X this. And I thought, <laughs> what about if we 10X our careers, 10X our leadership it. vision, 10X the ladder? Um, let's do the 10X, which is the power of really moving forward faster. I'm on Twitter at, at Margaret Spence, and I'm really active. And I'm on LinkedIn, Margaret Spence, and I'm really active there, too. And I'm on Instagram, Margaret Spence CEO, really active there, too. So I'm like a social butterfly. I'm everywhere. Love it. Um, we love that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, I still remember the days of, oh, I get email. I don't need to know about Twitter and <laughs> that kind of stuff, which is still true in a lot of HR folks. Margaret, um, yeah. last uh, we're down to a minute, just under, just under over a minute. Last thoughts uh, regarding reaching out to people or people in general? Yeah, I, I, you know, if you're in an organization and you're struggling to build your women's leadership pipeline and there is a broken ladder, I'd love for you to consider me as an expert to come in and bring my real-world experience to the table and, and really shift because it's a different thought on the way things, way I, I see things. And if you're a woman out there looking for ways to build your career on your own, the 10X Leadership Academy is there for you. And I am actually going to be starting a free Friday webcast um, called um, Beyond the Broken Ladder, peer-to-peer -peer conversations mm. where people can call in and just express themselves anonymously if you want to or, or however, send me information. And we have a 30-minute open line every week to just talk about career advancement and creating a leadership space for women. Awesome. So the, that, show's yeah. the show's about to end. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us today. We have five seconds. Bye, Robin. Thank Bye, you. Margaret. Bye. Thank <laughs> you. Bye. <laughs>Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.